Turn with me for the Christmas message this morning to the book of Revelations, chapter number 12. Amen. Never do anything the regular way. The book of Revelations, chapter number 12. This week, you know, I was thinking, the whole thing, honestly, this message, the idea, uh, is it's just a little bit, I don't know how else to describe it, except for maybe bizarre. It's a little bit bizarre the way that the Lord has laid this on my heart. Um, but my title this week, you all know that I use song titles in Christmas time. And my song title this week is... You're gonna. You're, some of you are not even gonna know this. The sanctified ones won't know. Um, but if you do know, just just pretend that everybody knows. That way, we're all in the same boat. <laughs> the the title of the message this week is "Happy Christmas." The war is over. Happy Christmas. The war is over. Of course, I'm quoting a title from John Lennon's song, "Happy Christmas." The word, but he actually titled it Happy Xmas. I, I looked it up, and it's Happy Xmas, the war is over. Now, that's the only quote that you're going to get from John Lennon behind the pulpit this morning, just so that you know. Um, I'm using it simply for a title. Um, I don't condone the song. Matter of fact, it's the song It's the song that followed up his, his previous hit. I went ahead and Wikipedia'd it, so I got some information about it. Um, but it's the song that followed up his, his hit before this as a solo artist after he had uh, stepped away from the Beatles. The song right before this was a song called Imagine, where he says, Imagine there's no heaven. And, uh, and, and then he goes down this, this path on this song where he says, Merry Xmas, the war is over. And, and, uh, and, and he was uh, saying that he, he wrote this song, him and Yoko Ono, his uh, wife, he, he said they wrote this song together. Um, to, he, said, he was quoted as saying, if you're going to put your political message in a song, you've got to put your political message across with a little bit of honey on it so that people will receive it. And so really this song was a political song uh, that, they were, that they were using to come against the Vietnam War. And uh, I, the, the reality is I don't believe with probably nearly anything that John Lennon stood for whatsoever, um, just to be clear on that this morning. But, um, but, but I am going to, however, use his title of his word because there's something in this title that is strikingly prophetic about Christmas time, because I want you to know that there was a war for your soul. There was a fight and there was a battle that, that was waging for the war on your soul. But because of Christmas, the war is over. Because of a man named Jesus, because Emmanuel became God with us, the war is over. And so this morning, I want to read out of the book of Revelations, chapter number 12. And we're going to maybe skip a few verses, but I had him put in the entirety of the verse. It's only 17 verses, uh, entirety of the chapter. It's only 17 verses, so um, some of you will get your Bible reading in this week. I'm helping you out. Don't say amen to that. Verse number one says, Now a great sign appeared in the heavens, a woman clothed with the sun and with the moon under her feet, and her head the garland of twelve stars. I'm reading out the New King James. I know the King James varies from that just a little. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in the, he in the heavens, 
And behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his, hand, on his heads. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. Verse number 5 says, She bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. And then the woman fled into the wilderness where where she had a place prepared by God that that he should feed her, that they should feed her there for 1,260 days. Verse number 7 reads like this, And there was a war in heaven, and Michael the archangel and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, But they did not prevail. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, they did not prevail. I want to just read that one more time. There was a war that broke out in heaven. And and Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and his angels. Now the dragon is Satan. For those of you who don't understand, there was a war in heaven that was fought. And Michael fought together with the angels of heaven. And he fought Lucifer and his third part of the angels that followed him. And the Bible says that the the angels, uh, but the, the dragon and his angels did not prevail nor was a place found for them any longer in heaven so the great dragon was cast out that serpent of old called the devil and satan who deceives the whole world he was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him then i heard a loud voice and saying in heaven, now salvation and strength in the kingdom of our god the power of his christ have come For the accuser of our brethren, who has accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heaven, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that his time is but short. I want to skip on down for this purpose today. Verse number 17, it says, And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I've got the testimony of Jesus Christ in my heart today. Let's pray over the word. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for your revelation of yourself to John. We thank you that this is revelation of yourself to us today. Lord, I pray that you would anoint me for the next few moments that let me speak so fluid and so fluently, God, that people would understand the word, that it would be broken down in such a way, Lord, that they could leave this place having been changed and transformed by the transforming power of your word. I pray, anoint in this house right now in Jesus name everybody say amen and amen I, I now what's what's crazy a little bit and I use that term loosely but what's different about the chapter 12 of the book of revelations is that I, I have it titled in my notes is that it's a reverse revelation it's a 
it's it's a it's a reverse prophecy. What am I what do I mean by that? Everything else primarily in the book of Revelations is a picture of something that is yet to happen. It's a picture, it's a prophetic picture of something that is going to take place. But uh in this particular chapter in number 12, I believe that this is a picture of something that had already taken place in the earth. And this was a picture of uh, uh, of the plan of God. Now you need to go with me on this today. I mean, the the scriptures uh, that we that we unfold and we as we unpack them, we recognize also that prophecy. And, I, and I'm not a prophet. I'm not a scholar. Uh, but prophecy is generally twofold, and and so it happens, and it usually comes to pass in the natural one time, and then it can also come to pass in the natural again. And that's what we see in the book of Daniel. That Daniel would prophesy something, and it actually came to pass in the generations after Daniel, but it's also a prophecy of something that was to come in the later times, in the end times. And um, and, and so I believe that this could potentially be a book that is written this way, uh, but I believe also that it is a picture of the very day we call Christmas. Um, I, I need you to first understand that this, why I call this a reverse revelation. And I'm going somewhere with this this morning. This is a, a picture of a reverse revelation because this is something that, had, uh, that happened in the spiritual before it happened in the natural. And so uh, another thing that's so interesting to me about chapter number 12 in the book of Revelations is that uh, even the book, even the chapter itself is somewhat chronologically out of order. Because the Bible says that there was a war in the heavens, but previously to that, the scripture says that there was a woman that was travailing in childbirth. And so uh, I, 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 would, I would say that it's absolute truth that Satan was not stalling in heaven while until the point where Jesus was being born, but he was cast down to heaven sometime long before Jesus was being born. Amen? And uh, and so we read in this that as we read verse number 7 and on down, it says that war broke out in the heavens and that a third of Satan's army fell down to the earth and was cast down into the earth a third part that followed him, the stars of the heaven followed him. Uh, they were cast down to the earth. This happened prior to the birth of Jesus. But then we had read in the previous uh, scriptures that now a great sign appeared in the in the heavens, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and a garment of 12 stars. And she being with child cried in labor pains to give birth. Now, and now you don't, you don't have to believe this way. I'm, uh, and you know the thing about the book of Revelations is it's somewhat open for interpretation. But I believe that this is a picture of Christ's birth that happened not in the natural, but in the spirit. And, and so it's important for you to understand this morning that, that what happened, the reason why it was important for John to lay this out, why it was important for John to lay this out is because Satan lives and operates in the realm of the spirit. Look at your neighbor and tell them that Satan operates in the realm of the spirit now see this gives a whole nother meaning to the 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 chapter 12 of revelations because 
Because when we understand that Satan lives in this realm of the spirit, I, I, and, and, and I prayed before I even started preaching this because this is a concept that's a little bit hard to understand, but, but God is a timeless God, and this is a timeless truth. I said to you a while ago that, that you can read the first stanzas of this chapter and you can, get, you, can get the, you can get a picture of the birth of Christ. You can read the latter portion of this scripture and you will get a picture of when Satan was cast out of heaven and 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 I believe that they they have a, a difference in order chronologically um, and somewhat to prove that our God is a timeless God now uh, to help you understand that uh, I, I need you to understand that God created time for you and I do you do we get that do we understand that God created t- God lives outside of time and God created time for us God created time so that he could say, I am Alpha and Omega, beginning and end, first and last. He said, he said I'm creating time so that, so that I can put a season or a beginning point and an ending point to what you have to go through. He created time so that he could say how long that you will live on this earth or how, give an allotment for, a year, for years. And he created time so he could create generations and that he could have genealogies. And he created time so that... So that he could quantify our ability to be given a choice to serve him or to hate him. We, he gave us time for the purpose that time might be shortened for us. And that our troubles may be shortened. But you have to understand that God lives outside of time. And this is so important because the spirit realm is a realm that happens also outside of time. And so the reason we can read chapter 12 in Revelations together and we can see a picture of the birth of Christ in there and we can also see a picture of the time when Satan was cast down out of heaven is because God is showing us something that is timeless. What I believe that the scripture is saying is something like what he said over a little bit uh, earlier in the book of Revelations. He said that Jesus Christ was the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth ever were. Now that, uh, that, that reinforces the idea of the timelessness of God because Jesus Christ was the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world were ever laid down. That means that God knew in his foreknowledge that somewhere beyond time he would he was able to see that men would surely fall and that we would need a savior. And he knew that there would be need to be a day for Christmas to happen. There would need to be a day for us to celebrate the birth of Christ because he could see that men would need a savior before ever, before there was ever time, before Before there was a foundation of the world, God knew and God was able to see. Why is that? Because he's outside of time. And so it doesn't bother me today that one picture is a little bit further back in time than one picture that's laid out into a a little bit more forward in time. Because what I'm trying to explain to you today is that God is outside of time. Therefore, what he says is timeless. It's a timeless truth. You need to tell your neighbor, God's truth is timeless truth. You see, you see what, what's so important about this is that, that Satan was kicked out of heaven, that Jesus was born in spite, as we look at this scripture, this is what we see. Satan was kicked out of heaven, proving his inferiority to God. Number two, Jesus was born in spite of Satan's attempt to kill him. Number three, that Jesus is now called to the right hand of the Father 
on the throne making intercession for you and I. All laid out in these scriptures. Though God may have waited until the fullness of our time to fulfill Christ being born on that first Christmas day, we can declare this, spiritually speaking, at the moment that Christ was born, the war was over. Because God had spoken something. Now, you need to understand that in the beginning there was nothing and God said let there be light. When God spoke it, it was, it was so. I, I've said this before. We, we need to reinforce this today. Do you understand that when God says something, because he said it, it's truth? God does not speak the truth because it's already established as truth. It's when he speaks it, it becomes truth. Do you understand the difference? God is not speaking things that are true that are inherently true, because God is speaking them, they become truth. And when God says something, it becomes truth, it becomes fact, it becomes unfallible, it becomes unstoppable. When God has spoken, it it shall be so. And so we know that when God spoke and said, let there be light, light had no choice but to come and penetrate the darkness. And the Bible says that the darkness comprehended it not. And so when God speaks something, it is forever settled. And what I want you to understand in this revelation that John had of Christmas morning, God spoke that his son was going to come into the earth and I believe that this is a spiritual picture now we know that Mary was in a manger we know that Mary uh, they didn't have room for her in the end and we know uh, that she that, uh, the story of Christmas and it doesn't exactly look like a woman that had a, uh, that was clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and it doesn't exactly look like that but I believe that this is a spiritual picture of something that was going to take place in the natural So what's that mean for us today? I believe that that means that things happen in the spirit before they happen in the natural. But when God speaks something in the spirit, when God says something shall come to pass, when something happens in the spirit, it will absolutely come forth, manifest in the natural. I said a while ago that when Jesus was, when the fullness of our time, when Christ was born, that the war was over. But more accurately speaking, the moment that God spoke it, the moment that God said there's a plan of salvation, the moment that Christ was the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth, at the moment that he said that, the war was absolutely Over. I need you to understand that when God said, I've got a plan, when God said, I have a son, when God said, I'm going to send a child into the earth and he's going to be born of the spirit and he's going to be born of a woman and that he's going to live and that he's not only going to live, but he's going to lay his life down. At the moment he's spoken, not not on Christmas morning, not when Jesus was born, not at, not at one uh, or two BC and not at one, any specific time frame, but when God spoke it from the foundation of the earth the war was absolutely over God listen it can be stalled out for days it can be stalled out for hours or weeks it could be stalled out for months years centuries in the natural but if God spoke it your battle is over the war is over so the question that begs to be asked today is what has God spoken over you I've come to tell somebody today that just as God spoke, just as God said that there would be a son, that there would be a savior, just as God said that on this Christmas morning that we celebrate Jesus, just as God spoke it, 
the war was over immediately. Jesus Christ went to the cross. He fulfilled the things that the Father put into motion. Do you understand that when Jesus, when he died on the cross, and the Bible says that he went and took the keys of death and hell away from Satan, he was doing not, he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't creating a plan or flying by the seat of his pants. He wasn't just going on a whim or deciding what to do when he got there. He had a game plan that was already in place. Why? Because the Father had already spoken it. When Jesus was crucified the way that he was, when he was pierced in his side, but not a bone was broken, it was all prophesied by the prophets before that why because God had a perfect plan already in place God had already spoken it into existence and it was going to come to pass exactly how God said it was going to come to pass and Jesus even when he died and on the third day he rose again he rose again on the third day because God said that's how it was going to happen and he dwelt among men for 40 days and he walked among us and then he ascended into the heavens and he's at the right hand of the father right now making intercession for you and me why because God said that that was how it was going to happen. He didn't say it the week before Jesus came. It wasn't like it was, oh, they were thinking about how can we fix this thing. Somewhere around when the Maccabees were hanging out in the in the middle intertestamental period, he didn't just go looking at Jesus and say, you think you can, we can devise a plan to fix this mess up of the world? Do you think we can, do you think we could fix this war? Because it seems like the devil's got us on our heels. It seems like the devil's kind of beating us up. I don't think there's ever a moment in his life that God has ever been threatened by the devil. Matter of fact, I believe this picture shows that at the same time we start talking about the plan of Christ in the scripture, it's the same time we talk about the fact that Satan was cast out of heaven with no effort. I need you to understand that it didn't take God any effort to throw Satan out of hell or out of heaven. It took him no effort whatsoever. He was able to do something at the spoken word. He was able to say, Satan, you don't belong here anymore and so you must leave and when he said it it was forever settled you see what we what we don't understand is that God has more power in his word than every creation ever created it, it wouldn't matter if we all stood against God and every demon in hell and every angel in heaven we could all stand against him and we'd all be as powerless as if I stood alone because he's almighty God. He's all powerful God. And when he spoke it, it was forever said. I said a while ago, he's a timeless God. And so when he spoke it, it, it the same time he spoke and, Jesus, and Satan was cast out of heaven, that Satan knew that he lost the battle. This is what you don't understand today, is that Satan knows that he has already lost. Satan makes us believe that he has a chance. There's a whole religion of Satanism that they believe that Satan has a chance. But Satan, the one that they follow, he already knows that he has lost. He, he knew it from the moment it was spoken. He knew it from the moment he was kicked out of heaven. He knew it from the moment that it happened. He knew it from the moment he thought, oh, for a second, he thought in his head, I can get there at the birth of Jesus Christ, and if I could kill him, if I could send out a decree, if I could get Herod to just kill him, then I can, then I can stop this plan. But he should have known, he, he had to know that when God spoken the plan was already set in motion there's nothing you can do to stop it i need you to look at your neighbor and tell him if god spoke it it's going to be done you see i i'm telling you that he spoke the son he spoke the word he spoke jesus he spoke a savior and when he spoke the savior it was destined to happen 
Satan has no power to stop it. And the same story is true for you and I today. If God has spoken it, it will come to pass. It's, uh, listen, it, 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 God has already rendered hell and death powerless. Satan's tools and devices do not have to work on you. I'm going to say that again for somebody. Satan's tools and devices do not have to work on you. If God has called you his, if God has called you blessed, if God has called you chosen, if God has called you saved, then Satan has no power to stop his word from becoming manifest. He may stall the process by trying our faith and convincing us of a lie, but he has no power to stop it. When Christmas happened, the war was over. But I come to tell you, Christmas didn't happen even when Christ was born. Christmas happened when God spoke a plan. Before the foundations of the earth, Christ was conceived. Before the foundations of the earth, the plan was already in motion. What's that mean to you and I today? This is, this is the thing that you need to take home on this Christmas morning. Is that God is not a reactive God. He's not ever caught off guard. He's never been caught off guard. Before there was a man, before he created Adam, before he created Eve, before he created the earth, before he, he divided the raiment, before he created the light, before any creation was created, before any plan had been put in place for man, he understood timelessly that man would fall and that you would need a savior. And I want to tell you today that before the foundations of the world, he saw you, Mackenzie preaching to you she said every week it feels like you're preaching to me you might as well say my name before the foundations of anything God knew you God thought of you God knew that there would be a Christmas morning before he created the earth why because he spoke it because he planned it and he has a plan for your life. And what he has spoken over you, the devil may try to stall. And the devil may try to stop. But just as he couldn't stop the birth of Jesus. Just as he couldn't stall. Just as he couldn't keep it from happening. Now, I don't know why from the beginning of time there was nearly 2,000 years or, you know, some rough estimate of 2,000 years before Christ came on the scene. Maybe that was because men couldn't get in line with the plan of God fast enough. Sometimes we stall out the plan of God, but the reality is if he said it, it's forever settled. You need to go home on this Christmas day and understand that we celebrate Christmas not, not just because Christ was born on a whim, on a thought, at a spur of the moment, oh my goodness, on a rescue mission. I've said this before, but God did not send Jesus into the earth on a rescue mission. It was a plan that was created before the foundations of the earth and the same thing for the church. We keep thinking that God needs to come in on a rescue mission and save us, the church. The world's in such a bad place. I'm telling you, 
you there's a reason that I believe revival is coming into the land again. The reason is because God has never been a rescue mission kind of God. God has always had a plan in the earth. God has always spoken it. And he's not coming back on a Huey helicopter to grab up just a few of the church members that can make it through the persecution of the devil. He's coming back for a church that is set ablaze with the Holy Ghost. He's coming back for a church that's on fire. He's coming back for a church that is the bride of Christ ready to receive him. Why? Because he has a perfect plan already in place. I've come to tell you that the moment God spoke it, it was a Merry Christmas. The war was over. And God has spoken that over you today. God is speaking that to you today in this service. God is saying to you, Merry Christmas, your war is over. Some of you, and I'm closing, some of you have been fighting and battling, but your war is over. Your war was over the moment that God spoke truth over your life. Some of us, we get caught up. We get so caught up in the snow on the ground. That's what I'm getting caught up in right now. I rebuke that. Some of us, we get so caught up in the, in the cares and affairs and the snares of this world. We get so caught up in, in the daily life. We get so caught. We think that we all of a sudden start believing a lie. The scripture says that if you believe a lie, you will be damned. What does that mean? It literally translates that if you believe the lies that Satan says over you, then he has just inherited the power to damn you to hell. But the reality is, you don't have to believe the lie. Because at the moment, God has spoken over you. And I have plenty of scriptures that talk about God speaking over you. I have plenty of scriptures that talk about God singing over you. I've got plenty of scriptures that I could reinforce the idea that God has spoken. But God, I, but I, there's none more fitting, honestly, than John 3.16. For God so loved that he gave that whoever would believe should not perish but have everlasting life that we should have life and life more abundantly that as, as John 10 10 says that he wants us to have life and have it abundantly we don't need to believe the lies let me let me tell you how you know if the devil's speaking in your life if it's not a blessing it's not from God I need help somebody today. If it's not a blessing, if it's not blessed, if it, he, it, Paul tells us things to think on. Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are just, if there be any good virtue in them, if they be of good report, think on these things. Those are the type of things that God is speaking over you. He's speaking blessings and not cursings. And I've come to tell you today, if God has spoken, it is forever settled in your life 